what I'm essentially doing also is sharing the dream to people that you can actually have a really awesome, romantic, healthy, growing relationship and still be shredded, still have an awesome business, still travel the world and do all the things that you want to do. So it's actually in a, in a big scheme of things, it's one of my pillars to success is, is having a really awesome romantic relationship and showcasing that. Some of my other pillars to success on my Instagram page is showing my workouts, showing my client results, showing what I'm eating throughout the day, because people need to see my day-to-day action, my day-to-day actions, because they ultimately are going to want to be in a similar position as me one day. Hi, Jack. Hi, Kate. How are you on this fine afternoon? I'm okay. You've had a crazy day. I've had a whirlwind day. Not your typical Friday. I feel like your Fridays are normally a little bit slower than this. My Fridays are usually chill. Today, I taught 5.45 a.m. I ran home and worked on a presentation for your parents. (laughs) Just the highlight of my day. Oh, I worked out before that. Oh, you got a workout in. I, I wasn't even going to ask because, because, you know, I'd be upset. Well, I because I thought you'd be like, God, no, I didn't. And this happened and this happened. And that's why it didn't happen. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> no, I did. I took core and cardio with Julian. It was great. Oh, awesome. Uh, and then I worked on a presentation for your parents. And then I taught strength at 11 and 12, 15. And then I set the room up and then we deep, we pulled all of the bikes. I shouldn't take credit for that. Rosa, Maddie and Madison pulled out all of the bikes and then we all deep cleaned them individually. And then I had onboarding training with a few new front desk staffers. And then I ran over here. You've been going. <laughs> Non-stop day. I can't say the same for myself. Well, you had a crazy experience today, too. I did. Well, I've had a few crazy experiences. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, we just moved and it's just been a lot. And I literally can't stop talking about it. I swear, guys, this is the last week you will hear those words come out of my mouth. But and then I went, I was like having a leisurely, I, I rode my bike around and I was like trying to like unwind for the weekend. And I was like, I'll get a pedicure. Like I haven't gone a pedicure in like over a month because I get gel. So they last forever. Right. And I go and I'm not going to say the place because obviously that's mean. Yeah. But it was crazy. <laughs> like. <laughs> I was in actual pain and she was about to start the polish and I was like, you know what? (laughs) Let's cut our losses. But to take my mind off of that, we obviously started watching Love Island. Obviously. And it's... We being you and Gerardo. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. He loves the narrator. It's It's a good one for male partners. I imagine Justin eats it right up. Justin does eat it up. Yeah. He does. He actually, I think he was a little bit upset because I started it without him. But I have to go back because I was like dozing off. Right. I have a couple front runners. But. Well, the short girly. Gemma. Yes. Yeah. She's cute. She's cute, but she's young. She's 19. That's young. I really like Luca. He's like the tatted guy. Oh, yes. He's got like probably the most personality, but everyone yeah. loves Davide, who's like the new Italian. I don't like him. No, he has no personality. No, per- his whole personality is that he's Italian and that he's good looking. Right, and he that's not a personality. Like, yeah, he, and I was telling 
Gerardo this. I was like, he is a textbook definition of someone who relied too heavily on their looks mm. and now has no personality. Yeah, like he's always been good looking. Exactly. Okay. Guys, I'm drinking a Celsius and it's 5.18 p.m. Clarify. Let's address that oh, situation, gosh. Kate. I have a huge disclaimer to make. So... As you know, I did come out on the podcast and say that typical Celsius made with sucralose and not their stevia green packaged cans are the devil and that they're destroying our guts and they're all around is super bad for our gut microbiomes. But asterisk, I do consume on average one per week, tropical vibe to be exact, because it's something fun to look forward to. <laughs> you need you need to have small joys in life to make it all a little bit better. <laughs> and the tropical vibe, it's either on a Friday or a Saturday, is one of those for me. And what happened? Okay. So I was at Moxie and it was a Saturday morning, so obviously it was tropical vibe day. And I was walking up to the front desk and I like so confidently like threw my hands on the counter and was like, can I have a tropical vibe Celsius? And this woman turns to me and she's like, I literally was just listening to your podcast and you told me that those were bad. And I'm asking the front desk right now, which ones are Stevia? (laughs) Stopped in my tracks. I was like, no, 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 like, I totally drink those ones most of the time. Like, this is a rare occurrence. Like, I promise you, this is not who I am. (laughs) I was so embarrassed, and I ran over and told you, like, incomplete. Did you still drink it? I can't remember. No. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. You made Gerardo put it in the car. I I paid for it, and I was like, Gerardo, put this in the car right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the same, or not the same thing, but similar thing happened to me. Because I stopped drinking Celsius except for on Fridays and Sundays. And then I have the Stevia ones. But during the week, I just have perps, which is like tea-derived energy, and then coffee. But I didn't, I guess, explain that I allowed myself to have the Stevia Celsius Celsii on Fridays and Sundays. So Nick Carter comes into class, and he's like, like so loud, like points at me from across the room. And he's like, you're drinking a Celsius as he's probably on like a shock number three of the day. So 100% stop shaming people it's, guys. Yeah. We're just trying guys, our best. We, we preach balance. Like that's our thing. <laughs> no, but, but also yes, we should live up to, um, we should, if we're preaching certain things, we yeah. should at least try our best. You know, who really lives up to everything that he preaches. Mr. Reuben Brooks. Our guest today, Reuben Brooks. You guys are really in for a treat. Um, we talk about quite a few things. Reuben is a very well-rounded individual. We met originally, he was one of the first personal trainers um, to rent at Moxie and just a phenomenal guy. He ended up moving down to San Diego because he transitioned to all online business, which he does now. So he used to be a one-on-one personal trainer. He initially got into it by winning a bodybuilding.com spokesperson competition, which we will talk about on today's episode. He then started personal training um, and then moved to an online coaching business and then finally developed an online business 
for other fitness professionals to develop and scale their own businesses. So he does a lot of incredible things. We cover everything from learning how to scale your personal training business to tools and resources to help you move in that direction to uh, different goals and styles of training and eating for optimal performance. So there's a lot of good stuff in here and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, there we go. Ruben Brooks, welcome to Friends with Health Benefits. What is up? What is up? What is up? We're so happy to have you today. This is going to be great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're recording on a Monday afternoon. What did Monday look like for you today? Today I woke up uh, around 6 a.m. and started the day with my journal. That's how I usually start the day. Uh, and then I just dove right into work after that. So I usually wake up and work. Monday is my admin day, and I actually call it my CEO day. So I work on the biggest projects in my business, and it's totally focused on myself. I really don't speak to anybody else until 12 o'clock p.m. on Mondays. Wow. So some people have what they call a genius hour or genius window in their day where they know they're the most productive or clear. You have a genius day, Monday. <laughs> Yeah, a whole day, a, a, a whole day, day right. absolutely, because Tuesday through Friday is packed on my calendar, so I just block off my Mondays just for me and my big pillars for the business. Got it, and that must feel good going yeah. into the rest of the week, knowing that all the administrative stuff is done and handled. Yeah, you work with so many other people. It's like what they say on airplanes. I don't know why this came to my mind when he was saying that it's his day, they say, get your own face mask on before you can help others. So he handles all of his shit. Yeah. And then he goes and he helps other people start their business. He gets his oxygen in on Monday. It's the truth. And then it's true. up the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But it's true because, you know, you all are successful CEOs and you're the CEOs of your own business and you have to schedule out time for yourself or else, you know, somebody else is going to take your time. And your time is your most valuable asset. So I put myself first, handle all my most important tasks at the beginning. And then whatever happens after that happens and whatever happens for the rest of the week, I'm just rolling with it. But at the beginning of the week, that Monday, boom, my day. I love that. One of my um, life hacks is that I have an ongoing administrative window on Monday mornings. And it's just like a recurring event in my calendar. But the week before it comes up, any tiny thing that I think of, it could be as small as like updating the announcement TV at Moxie or as big mm. as like completely changing the schedule for the new strengths, whatever, whatever the situation is. As soon as it pops in my head, I add it to that calendar invite and just like bullet point every tiny thing that I can think of that needs to get done that Monday morning so that when I log on mm. Monday morning, I'm like, boom, get through that stuff. And I feel like on top of the world. It's the best feeling in the world. That's yeah. smart. Love that. That's really smart. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't know. Might Write it down. <laughs> might start doing that. That's my CEO hour. I love my CEO hour. I love that. No, that's that's really smart. <laughs> I feel like I feel like even if you're not a CEO, anybody, everybody should has a schedule blocked out for themselves on Monday just to take care of themselves and prepare themselves for the week. If you didn't already do that on Sunday, you know, even if you're a busy mom. If you're, you know, working a nine to five, 
because that sets you up for success for the rest of the week, in my personal opinion. Right, exactly. And you have a lot of experience with kind of juggling a bunch of different things. And now you're able to focus on running your business and doing this. But previous, I know that you were working in pharmaceutical sales when you first started your business and you were kind of trying to make that transition. Can you kind of paint a picture of the evolution of your business from going to the side hustle to the full-time job to now having essentially two fully functioning and running businesses. What did that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. Let me tackle that. But before I do that, I just want to acknowledge the both of you for doing your research because I read through the call, the show notes for this episode. I was like, damn, if I ever wanted to write a book, they already did my whole research for me and I can just get a ghost writer and they can just take these notes and write my own book. But I really appreciate it. So um, it was an evolution for my business coming out of college, graduating with an exercise science degree, going into pharmaceutical sales right after college and then exper- experiencing life in the corporate world. Um, before corporate, I was actually competing. And I decided to compete and participate in my nine to five job at the same time. So while I was getting ready for shows, I was also going in and out of the doctor's offices, getting them to prescribe my pain medication. And that was the start of everything for me because it wasn't until my corporate job decided that they were switching directions and going into the pain pain medicine uh, industry. And for me, I decided that that wasn't what I necessarily wanted to do. I didn't want to start selling pain medication just due to the history of pain medication. And that's when I took the leap and started to go off on my own and started my fitness coaching business where we created custom nutrition and training programs for clients, just like yourself, moms, dads, busy professionals, whoever really wanted to build a healthier relationship with food and get shredded. And that was the start of that business. And that was my Ruben Brooks Fitness LLC business. Wow. Well, I mean, I want to take a second to commend that choice because I know that pharmaceutical sales can be a very lucrative business for a lot of people and especially moving into pain meds and we won't get into like the opiate crisis and everything else, but like it, the, so much money is to be made in that industry, in that business. So to not only be taking a leap and having the faith in yourself to create something of your own, but also doing it because you didn't feel okay making money off the back of that. I think, I mean, I I can't think of something I respect more than that. Well, I mean, and it's also really impressive too, because he didn't just dive into some other corporate role. He dove into a job that was actually bettering people's health, almost some could say doing the exact opposite of what pain medicine and prescriptions do. Wow. I'll be honest with you. I was getting paid really good in the (laughs) corporate world. I mean, I had a a company card. I had a company car. I mean, life was really good. I had really good benefits and I was chilling. I made really good income, didn't have to pay for gas and... I got to wear a suit every day and show up to a doctor's office right. and talk with the nurses and the doctors. And I, just, I felt like a really cool person, actually. It felt like a really right. cool job. But at the same time, I knew just zooming out and looking forward into the future of how I really want, wanted to be living my life, 
I ultimately wanted to be working for myself, even though in that position, I did have a lot of freedom. I wasn't as micromanaged as some people are. Um, I still ultimately wanted to be doing my own thing with health and fitness. Right. And I think that's, I mean, that's one big goal I think a lot of people have, especially coming out of COVID and everything else. People are realizing they're not happy working for other people or being tied to a certain location or whatever it is. And so people have this big goal of, I'm going to work for myself. But one thing that you preach a lot and you talk a lot about is being clear on your goals and having the goal of, yeah. I'm going to work for myself. It's a great goal, but there are so many micro goals that have to be achieved before you get to that. So what does it mean to you to be mm. clear on your goals and what kind of framework do you use to make sure that you are? Oh, this is a really good question. I love goals so much. I feel like what what I think about goals, you know, right now the big trend is manifestation. And I believe that goals and your manifestations are in sync with each other. And if you want to manifest something in life, you need to get clear on the goal and then reverse engineer the process. So I always like to have a big overarching goal that I keep at the top of mind. And then I just ask myself, what do I need to do today to move forward? Right? What do I do? What do I need to do this week? And I just keep it at that. If I can just focus on the day and the week, I just keep it there. And three things I can do today that's going to move me a little bit closer to the big overarching goal. I keep it super simple because simplicity breeds clarity. And with my life and how busy I am, there's so many distractions that come into play. So the easier it is for me to take action on one, two, three small things every single day, the more progress I'm going to be making on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's my framework. I always think of a big overarching goal, reverse engineer the process, but I always start, okay, what can I do today? And then this week, that's it. I love that. One of the things that, and you can kind of uh, provide a little bit of detail on this, but I'm just so interested to hear the story and what this did for your career. So back in 2016, 2017, you did a bodybuilding.com yeah. spokesmodel competition or open call or something along hmm. those lines and ended up getting it. To yeah, no, I'm sure no one's surprised. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I kind of want to hear about like, I mean, that's a big thing to do. It's really shooting your shot in a huge, I mean, you're, the assumption I would be is that thousands and thousands of people are doing this open call. So like, what does it mean to you? Yeah. What did it mean to your career? And just overall, what does it mean to leave no good opportunity unpursued? Yeah. Um, so the bodybuilding spokesmodel search was something that I've always dreamt about doing because they had it before, prior, year after year after year. And I remember specifically one day in college, I was with one of my really good friends and we were in biology class. We were not paying attention in class and we were scrolling on bodybuilding.com's website and we were looking at As one does. all the inspiration uh, on their website. What'd you say? I said, as one does. <laughs> just scrolling. Yeah, as one does. and Just scrolling, right? And we were looking at all the inspiration and I turned to him. I was like, man, one day, wouldn't it be really cool to just get paid and work out? And he was like, man, that'd be dope. That'd be really cool. I was like, man, one day I'm just going to get paid to work out. And then that sparked the whole thing of just being my own fitness, just 
that sparked the whole thing of going down that route, just in general. Being a creator, a content creator wasn't really a thing back then, uh, but they did have fitness models. And so I looked at those fitness models and I was like, okay, well, I see this guy on this website and I did the same as that thing with my goals then that I do now. And I was like, well, how do I get there? How do I get to this person, right? This person's status that's in the magazine, that's on websites, that's sponsored by all of these supplement companies. And I realized that he also too uh, built his business by doing this spoke small search. And so I just went ahead and signed up for it. I told everybody that I knew about it. I also was competing, so I looked really good and I was in really great shape. And so I think that had a lot to do with uh, getting, making, making it all the way down to a finalist contestant. That's so cool that even like 10 years ago, you were tying your manifestations to your goals. Like you told your friend in biology, I had no idea. Like I want to make a living off of working out and my body. And then literally you were like, okay, what's my goal? What's my next step to get there? Let me sign up for this competition. Let me follow this guy. Let me figure out how to do it. Like, like that's not something a lot of teenagers can say about (laughs) themselves. Like, yeah, I actually took the steps to achieve my like life dream. Right. And bodybuilding.com is no joke. Honestly, I attribute, I mean, my entire interest in fitness initially, one, my dad forced me to go to the gym as a child, but two, I would just sit on bodybuilding.com and be like, back exercise. Stop. <laughs> like, it's there. It is such a helpful resource for someone that has no idea what they're doing. Yeah. I feel like most millennials, that's how we learned uh, how to do movements and exercises and workout programs and training plans because when the fitness models, if you were a fitness model, you were on bodybuilding.com. You weren't on Instagram yet. So like, and even if you were, you, you weren't posting workout videos like they are today. So that's where we got our free programs at and our free tips and tactics and techniques. And yeah, that was, that was literally my homepage for so long. I learned so much off of bodybuilding.com. And now to answer the second part of your question, what did I do for my career? Well, it did a lot of things. Um, Number one, it was the exposure piece. So I got to travel with bodybuilding.com. We went to different expos and that was a lot of fun. So I got to network at a higher level, uh, surround myself with more people in the fitness industry and make make a name for myself actually. And it was really cool. So it did a lot for my business. Exposure was a big one though. Yeah. And even the opportunity, yeah, the networking opportunity. And it seems like you're the kind of person that doesn't, I mean, you go into your interactions, obviously wanting to connect with people, but also wanting to get value out of all of it and seeing everything as an opportunity to learn and grow. And so, you know, not everybody would go from winning a competition like that into building the kind of business that you did. They might just, you know, have some fun with it and get to travel and call it a day and move on with their lives. But seeing it as an opportunity and utilizing in that way, it definitely says a lot, I feel like, about who you are and and the goals that you already had at that time. A lot of people tried to, after the, after the bodybuilding competition, try and build a business. Not too many people succeed. And I'll just be very honest with you, it's hard to be an entrepreneur. It's, it's really hard to stay focused and stay dedicated and complete things all the way through to completion. And me being a fitness competitor, knowing that I had to step on stage and go all the way through with it, that helped me 
with entrepreneurship and everything else because I know I need to complete something all the way through. I can't half-ass it. If I half-ass it, my results are going to show. And I just had to stay focused. So I'm not going to front and say that it was just an easy, immediate thing because that shit was hard. And I had a lot of setbacks, a lot of failures. And it was a big just learning lesson. But I just kept reapplying myself to the mission and the goal. And that's that. Yeah, I mean, your hard work clearly has paid off and paid off even long before now. You had a super successful training business for the professionals on the go, like you said, the busy moms, the busy people working nine to fives. And you focused on that niche for a good while. And now you actually do business coaching for trainers starting their online programs. So what does the focus is on those two separate business look like in your day to day or in when you're having your CEO yeah. hour? <laughs> well, the fitness is all automated. So I have a general manager that takes care of everything for me. I still do the sales calls for the fitness coaching business, but weekly check-ins, nutrition plans. I have somebody on that at all times, looking at everything. And we have a great relationship. We we communicate a couple of times throughout the week to make sure everything is on point. All of our clients are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And we have monthly challenges, monthly giveaways, and uh, a really great culture in the fitness business. And I'm still in the fitness business. So I'm still going in, checking to see how my clients are doing as well as my manager too, just, just so I can keep tabs on everybody because it's still a people to people business. And that's why I like about it so much. Uh, people are buying me at the end of the day. They're not buying my general manager. So I still like to have a relationship, but that side is mostly automated on a day-to-day -day basis for coaching for business coaches. I'm sorry, business coaching for fitness coaches. Um, that can be a wide variety of different things uh, as in getting on sales calls, uh, creating my course on the back end, and, um, really doing a lot of follow-up with people that I may have previously had a sales call with who are on the fence. And now we're trying to enroll them into the coaching program. And so there's a lot of follow-up, a lot of sales calls, a lot of zoom meetings, a lot of organization, uh, and a lot of data tracking. So that's what my day-to-day -day interactions for business coaching for fitness coaches looks like. That's a lot to juggle. I think even just one of those businesses would be enough to completely fill someone's life. And it's really remarkable that you're able to fully operate both of those. It's a big feat. Right. Thank you. And I think like I appreciate that. The skill set definitely transfers, right? The ability to break down knowledge and share it in a helpful way with people. But the knowledge itself is so different. I mean, you have to be an expert in so many different things to be able to provide those services and that information to two completely different groups of people. On one end, you've got the experts in the room, right? Like they know what they're doing. They've nailed it down in fitness and nutrition or whatever it is. And on the other end, you've got people that like are probably on bodybuilding.com com typing in how do I do a back exercise <laughs> like yeah so yeah, it's facts. yeah that definitely <laughs> runs a gamut that's a lot yeah it, it it is a lot but it's fun at the end of the day for me um I'm I'm in business to challenge myself and continuing to just challenge myself that's that's all it is so um 
I made the switch to actually helping other coaches when I finally figured out how online coaching actually worked. Because as I mentioned earlier, there were a lot of struggles and failures and lessons learned in the past. When I was struggling and failing, that was me learning the business and learning how things operate and learning to transition with the algorithms, learning to transition with the times and just learning the overall business. And so that led to me coaching other coaches because once I figured out how business truly works and how marketing actually works, I was like, dude, I got this shit. I need, I need to tell somebody about this because this is amazing. I spent like so much money on different coaches and so much like time busting my ass and failing that I was like, okay, well, I felt, I felt selfish not giving this information out to other fitness coaches who are in the same position struggling. And that for me made, made this the transition very easy. Yeah, we are very anti-gatekeeping around here. I was just going to say that. Our number one rule (laughs) in life is to not be a gatekeeper. And when you have helpful, important information, share it with the masses. That is just the move. Yeah. Particularly in fitness training, so many personal trainers, and we see this all the time at Moxie and, and at other places, they're tied to one location, right? And in the traditional sense, in the traditional personal training Mm one-on-one, they're tied to one location and they're also limited to the hours that they have in a day. So when you think Mm -hmm. about scaling your business, particularly in the fitness industry, what are the key things you think people need to think about? What are the specific goals and tangible tools that you recommend right off the bat, like super high level, someone's just trying to move into that passive income position and scale their business to move online so they can have a fraction of the freedom that you're able to experience at this point in your business? Yeah, on a high level overview, the number one thing that I would suggest for any personal trainer is to zoom out of your business and look at it from a high level overview. And you want to think with where you're at right now, are you really the boss in the business or is the business running you, right? Are you the manager in your business or are you the entrepreneur in the business? right? The manager in the business is going to do more of the day-to-day operations until the business scales to a certain point where they can not be in the business so much. Because as personal trainers, our biggest challenge is that we're, we're pressed for time over and over and over again, because we're always in the gym with our clients. And then we're always in the gym training ourselves. And you can only take your business to a certain level. So if you think about my business right now, in my fitness business, I'm the entrepreneur. I'm zoomed all the way out, and that business is running 100% automatically without me. My fitness coaching business, I'm still in the management phase until I get to a certain point where I can zoom all the way out, hire a sales team so that they can take more sales calls, and then that business will be automatically done, right? So what I would suggest is think about what your goal is. Do you want to be in your business all day? Because if you're continue, if you continue to do the same things in your business right now, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. You're still going to be pressed for time. You're still going to be in the same position. And you may love working with your clients in person, but at the end of the day, you get home and you're drained. But I know at 40 and 50, my knees are going to start aching. Like my back is going to start aching. And I'm not trying to be in the gym training somebody all day long 
I had to think of a different way and a different perspective. And so that's when I decided to move my in-person training business to more online. So a big tool that I would recommend all trainers to have is an app. You want to have an app called Trainerize. Even if you're in person or if you're online, having an app that your clients can do your workouts when you're not around is a huge win, not only for your, your clients, but also for yourself because it raises your level of perceived value of your coaching program. And you can actually charge a little bit more when you can add that fact of, hey, I'm going to give you workouts when you're with me. And I'm also going to give you workouts when you're not with me. Plus inside of the app, it syncs with my fitness pal. So you can see exactly what your clients are eating and provide suggestions to them. So you get a high level overview of what your clients are doing through the app itself. So that's step one. Step one is to zoom out of what you're currently doing and really begin to strategize about where you want to go. And if you think about like a chessboard, just think about how am I going to win this game? What is the game? Number one, and how am I going to win it? Number two, get the right tools. One of the tools I use for my business is Trainerize, like I just mentioned. And that one I've used for a long time. Uh, that's client management. The third thing you need to do is you have to have a good marketing strategy on social media as well. Instagram is a tool and I use it like a game. And that's the game and the tool that I use every single day for my business to draw in new leads for my business, both fitness and business clients. I use Instagram. So those three tools, those three things I would say would be key. Selfishly, I'm really happy with that answer because Moxie has been looking. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, because we want to create a personal training app because people travel and they go on, you know, and they can't come to classes all the time and be there in person. And Trainerize is one of the ones that we've done the, a demo and stuff with. And I'm like, oh, if it's approved by Brooks, then. <laughs> it's approved. It's definitely well, approved. I definitely approve I was it. just going to say <laughs> that it's, it's really noticeable that you are very quick to adapt to your surroundings and evolve, which I don't think is something that every entrepreneur can say about themselves because you started like 2016, you said you submitted into that competition. Yeah. So it's not like you're new to the game, but you've completely evolved. You've gone on Instagram, you've gone on all these online platforms, you've created apps. It's like you need to evolve with the times or you will die. It's like evolve or die survival of the fittest yeah. baby <laughs> and it's really impressive <laughs> and i'm like learning things that i didn't know from you so this is really it is exciting. it's really self-beneficial over here that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> well you know one of this i learned i heard this quote one time and it was like you either go with the wave or you'll find yourself under it and that really stuck with me because everything is always changing there's always going to be an instagram update there's always going to be a new trend and you're going to have to learn to move with it because if you're too rigid in your structure, guess what? You'll, you're going to crack, right? You're going to break. You want to be able to bend with your structure and move with what's going on right now. And so I've adapted to that mental model of moving with things instead of trying to force things and have them go my specific way or being stuck in a pastime. Because nothing's in the past anymore. It's always moving forward. 
Right. right. Especially now with technology, just how quickly things are evolving and moving. And I'll even catch myself every once in a while. Like when TikTok first came out, I was like, I can't. It's too much for me. Another <laughs> one. I can't learn another one. <laughs> and th- but then here we are. And, you you know, yeah. you have to adjust and you have to adapt and you have to make it happen if you want to continue doing what you love and be successful in it. And so, I mean, I think it's huge. And the same thing talking about earlier, like coming out of COVID, there are so many people that crumbled because they were like, I don't know what to do in this environment. I don't know how to adjust. I don't know how to pivot. And on the other end, other people took it head on and it became a massive opportunity for them. And, and that happens all the time. Like you're saying, when the algorithm changes, when ads change, whatever it is, you either you adapt or or you back down. And, and I think it's awesome to see the way that you've been able to do that. And it's really interesting that you said that it's super important to be able to bend and mold to what's happening in the current wave because I think something that all of us like a concept that we all shape our lives with is that discipline creates freedom and normally you'd think that oh, Mm. discipline is a rigid structure but it actually creates like for you for example it's created more time out of the gym more time to pursue your dreams and what you want your business to look like. So how have you used this concept of discipline providing freedom to shape your life? Man, these are some really great questions. <laughs> um, you know, one of one way that I've used discipline equals freedom to create my life is just changing how I looked at that statement overall. My disciplines were usually things that I actually wanted to do. I wanted to do them. So I came up with the idea of, hey, just do more of the things that you actually want to do. And that's and that's it. And that created my free dream life because I'm now only doing the things that I want to do and that serve me. So if somebody like for me going to the gym, if I'm starting a new discipline, right? Usually the reason why I'm starting a new discipline is because the end outcome is something that I actually want. And so I feed into that and I make time for more of the things and to do more of the things that I actually want because it's, it fuels me just like at the beginning of the podcast, how you said, you know, put the mask over yourself. These are the things that I fuel myself with and I do this before anything else because I become a better person if I'm full. And that's that's my mental model of how I view discipline equals freedom. Yeah, I've found it to be the same way in my life where you actually used to say it a lot in your spin class that it's not about, what was it? It's, it's not, not always about motivation. Sometimes it's about discipline. Right. And I've like seriously taken that with me <laughs> through like you would be shocked that plays over in my mind more than you probably think it is so true because say you have a super busy day but then you schedule a 45 minute workout for yourself in the morning your day looks so much different than maybe a different day that you hadn't done that before yeah well and the thing with motivation I think people talk a lot about motivation right like being money motivated or being emotionally motivated or whatever it is and that's great but motivation wanes like Some days you don't got it. Some days the energy is not there. Sometimes you cannot talk yourself into that. And on those days, you have to be able to fall fall back on some level of discipline. You have to be able to be honest with yourself and say, if I make this choice, that is in alignment with my goals and my dreams. If I make this choice, it is not. 
and being able to look yourself in the mirror and and honestly answer those questions for yourself makes a massive difference when the motivation or the energy or whatever it is is waning you can still rely on that discipline to pursue whatever it is that you're trying to achieve yeah and all it is is just having good habits that's all it is you know i think people get turned off with the word discipline don't use discipline you know your habits equals your freedom so what kind of habits do you want to start doing on a day-to-day basis do you want to start working out bet more every day do you want to start eating healthier what habits do you want to create so even if you change the like switch out the verbiage of discipline to habits then that might be another way to you creating freedom for yourself what habits are non-negotiable for you other than exercise eating healthy eating healthy is definitely a habit uh is a non-negotiable habit getting an adequate amount of rest is a non-negotiable speaking to my family is a non-negotiable and developing my relationships relationships across the board girlfriend family mom whatever uh and then also focusing on my business just i put my business pretty much over everything because that is the driving factor and force for how i live my life and how i will provide for my future family etc so I, I put my business and the growth over my business over everything pretty much. But I still have fun though. You know, I definitely have fun in my day-to-day life. You know, once again, I'm not super structured where I can't go with the flow. I make time for fun and I, I actually really enjoy having fun. I like going to concerts. I like going to movies. I like kicking and hanging out and chilling. So I like doing all the things, but I know that you, I know that in order for me to enjoy doing those other things, the priority has to be on the main thing. And that's always keeping the main thing, the main thing. And that main thing for me is my business and business growth. Love that. This is actually a perfect segue. I feel like we provided some value kind of, I mean, similarly, the way I saw this podcast is similarly to how I see your life and business, which is you've got the coaching for personal trainers, right? So we kind of talked about scaling business, all that. The other side is the fitness training. So I want to be able to provide some value to people that are interested in that side and want to learn more. So kind of on that note with eating healthy, I know that you've experimented with different things. Obviously you competed, which is an extremely, extremely regimented diet and exercise lifestyle. You've tried ketogenic diets. Um, Now, at least from what I see on Instagram, it seems like you're pretty macros based, but it's a little bit more flexible and malleable like we talked about. So you could, can you explain some of the different eating styles that you've experimented with and maybe the pros and cons, both from an exercise science standpoint and just anecdotally from your experience and how you felt on them? My biggest challenge when I first got started is hearing all of these different types of things and diets and strategies and I would do them and now I get really confused. What's working is knowing how many calories you're intaking and also knowing how many calories you're burning. That's it. So it doesn't really matter how old you are or where you're at in your fitness journey. If you wanna lose weight, the first place you need to start is watching how much food you're taking in. That's it. Just like, and I use this strategy with my fitness coaches a lot. Because if you're in the red with your bank account, right, and you want to grow your money, the first thing you need to start doing is watching how much money you're spending on a day-to-day basis. So 
in relationship to fitness and eating healthy, watching your money is equivalent to watching your nutrition if you're trying if your goal is to lose weight or get into better shape or anything like that. So that's that's primarily where I would start. That's hard for a lot of people. I will speak anecdotally right now because I recently learned what macros were. <laughs> oh my gosh. You Ruben, oh, nice. I wish you could have been a fly on the wall for this conversation. Can I tell him what you yes, said? You can tell him. So we're talking Please tell about me. I Please tell me. <laughs> so I had started tra- training with a personal trainer and she gave me a macros breakdown and, and everything else. And I was telling Kate about it. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to increase my protein intake, da 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 da. And Kate's like where'd you get your macros? And I was like, well, I gave her all my information and my goals and da da da. And she was like, where did she get your macros? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's not like, you don't type in my social security number and find out my macros. (laughs) I, Ruben, I was like, that's really funny. Shocked. I was like, where do you get them? And then I was like, do I, I'm going to go to your trainer. (laughs) I literally said that. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to go there and ask her to get mine for my macros. (laughs) for to find my macros. Well, good. I'm glad you did that. Do you have any tips for people where it's just like they're coming in at ground zero and yeah. Okay. What would your number one tip be or number two or three tips? Well, it, it all goes back to your goal. So if you're coming in at ground zero, what's the goal and who's this for? Got it. Let's say it's a 25 year old gal. She's mildly, okay. mildly active. Does mostly cardio, wants to tone up and lose a little fat. What does she do? All right. What does that person do? All right. Well, how does her diet look? She loves carbs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cool. (laughs) And then how? (laughs) I have a feeling that we're talking about Kate here. I'm not going to put her on the spotlight. (laughs) <laughs> so like, all right so number, session. <laughs> so we need to do two things uh number one if you love cardio and your goal is to tone up right you need to increase your weight training you need to increase your strength training and decrease your cardio just a little bit now in order to see your muscle you have to be in a lower body fat percentage in order to see the muscle And that is what you would consider quote unquote tone because there's less fat and you can see the muscle. So if you're looking to decrease your body fat percentage, then we need to be in a more of a calorie deficit so that the body fat percentage can decrease, more of our muscle can show. Now, here's the thing, your muscle is going to show even more and you're going to burn even more calories when you start doing more strength-based exercises, when you're doing the squats with the barbell, when you're doing the deadlifts, when you're doing more compound movements, you're actually going to burn a lot more calories for the rest of the day when you start doing more strength-based movements. So when you combine all three things, your nutrition, your weight training, and your cardio, and specifically, If this is a 25-year-old girl, it needs to be in that order as well. The first thing it should be is your nutrition. Focus on that first, right? That's where the discipline really starts at is because it's what you're doing all throughout the day. You're only in the gym one to two hours anyways. You're eating all day. So watch what you eat is number one. 
start increasing your strength training program, increase the weights, increase your frequency, and then add in the cardio. If you flip that pyramid to that, then you'll start seeing gains within one to two weeks. That is very helpful. To be fair, I actually love strength training and I only do cardio like twice a week. So yeah, it's clearly not talking nice. about me. I'm not that 25 year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. but I think that girl exists. Is, oh, I mean, yeah. I think she's the most common one that we see, especially in studio based classes. That tends to be kind of the trend. And one great thing that I've mm-hmm. loved watching over the last couple years is this shift into focusing on strength training. And I feel like that knowledge of knowing when you have more muscle mass, you're able to burn more calories, you're able to burn more fat throughout the day, all of that, like that's becoming a little bit more common knowledge. And slowly but surely women are starting to be less afraid of quote unquote looking bulky because I think that has been the assumption for so long that they have to do Pilates and yoga and cardio in order to get lean muscle mass and weightlifting is somehow just going to make them look like you. And (laughs) that's just simply (laughs) not the case. It's like, well, you know, right now, um, you know, having a nice butt is in right now. Right. And so I feel like more and more girls are actually okay with putting on size just a little bit because it's going to help, you know, they're looking to make sure that it goes to the right areas. And if you want your nutrition to fuel your body so that your muscles can grow in the right area, you have to fuel yourself properly first, which is your nutrition. Then you have to do the right type of workouts. Then you have to clean it all up with cardio. I love it. I think that's a very easy little pyramid to follow for people that are just kind of intimidated by the whole fitness realm. And so say you have someone who's already in to their fitness journey and they already strength train and they've already somewhat have their nutrition dialed in. What small changes do you find yourself giving people to just optimize their performance? Yeah. So if you're somebody that's already eating healthy and already working out, then that means you need to be more accurate with your numbers. And then that's when we actually start looking at your macronutrients, how much protein you're intaking per day, how many calories you're burning. So it's getting more clear on your numbers on a day-to-day basis. That's going to help take you to the next level because you can only get so far eating healthy and doing workouts and that's going to put you in the category of having an active lifestyle, which is totally fine for a lot of people because you'll feel better and your clothes will start fitting a little bit better too. However, if you want more results, then you need to eat for results. You need to train for results. You need to do your cardio for results because that is going to produce the result that you're looking to achieve. And that's just how the cookie crumbles. So If you want to be more on point and be more accurate, then you need to be paying more attention to the numbers. However, if you're cool with where you're at and you love your body and you're happy with how life is going and you're having fun, then continue to keep doing that because your happiness is all that matters at the end of the day. You know, any, I always say that it's always a good idea to understand the knowledge of how to do it because anytime you want to turn up, you can turn up right? You're not guessing as to which lever to pull, right? You're not guessing of, do I need to eat more of this? Do I need to do more cardio? Do I need to change up my workouts? You know exactly what to do. So 
education would be key. I know I have a lot of clients who kind of coast throughout the weeks, but whenever they have a, you know, a, a vacation comes up and they trying to be in a two piece bikini, they know how to turn up because they want to look really good for the vacation and they want to look really hot for Instagram. And so they know exactly what to do for nutrition and their training to make it all happen. So it's a balance. It's a balance. You put your foot on the gas pedal when you need to. You coast when you need to. We're all about balance over here. We really are. And one thing I really love about your style, well, two things I love about your style. The first is you're just so honest. <laughs> like you really, <laughs> you really have no problem saying it like it is. And it's not, it doesn't come off in like an abrasive way at all. You kind of just are like, hey, this is what it is. This, if you want these results, this is how you're going to get there. And I say this also in my spin classes is that it really is simple. It is not at all easy. The equation mm. is there. The science is there. The knowledge is there. It's fairly simple. It is not easy. And it goes back to that discipline question. And I think you having room and space for people to kind of ebb and flow through it and to have them prioritize it based on their goals and their why is really the best way to do it mm -hmm. because it doesn't necessarily get easier, but the simplicity is there and the clarity is there. So if they have that you know, that discipline behind them and they have like a specific goal that they want to reach, then it makes it a little bit, you know, the, the path a little bit smoother. So let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And I want to ask both of you, how, how do you make it more easy? How could you potentially make it easier with, if you're giving somebody advice right now, right? So if they're trying to start a new habit or a new discipline, what tips do you think you could give to somebody that will make that discipline, that habit become easier to integrate with their lifestyle? So I think I utilize a couple of things. The first one is making it visual. So I like to put things mm. on paper. I like to be able to like yeah. physically write it down and set a goal for myself. And this kind of goes back to that being honest with yourself and honest self-reflection is you can't really hide from that. Like once it's written down, it's written down. You did the act and, and it yeah. kind of, you know, forces your, you to keep yourself accountable. Another thing that I do is I'll tie habits to existing ones. So I try to like look mm. at things that I already do daily. I already wake up and moisturize my face and brush my teeth or whatever. So now I'm automatically going to tie meditating to that. It's just something that I do in that small little boom, boom, boom activity log that I have in the morning. Um, one of my biggest life hacks is my hatch alarm clock. And I push this on basically everybody right. that will listen to me. Um, the hatch alarm clock will create a nighttime routine for you, or you can set it up for yourself. So you can set like a 20 minute reading light and then you can set a 10 minute meditation. And as soon as you tap it, it takes you through your entire nighttime routine. So things like that what? tool, it's really awesome. And you can set your sunrise, like you can choose like Bali sunrise and it's like the colors mm. in the sky and the sunrise in Bali. I've never been, but <laughs> it's exactly great. like it. I've never I'm, been. It feels exactly like Bali in my head. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, there are just so many tools that, that can help you. Um, but I think those are the biggest for me, putting it on paper, tying it to an existing habit, and then finding tools and resources that kind of take out the guesswork and force you to like follow a certain pattern. Yeah. Mine, I was going to say habit stacking. So I'm glad you said that one. Um, my biggest one is holding myself accountable. So I actually schedule workouts with friends because I don't want to be the flaky friend that 
always bails on other people. So I do it now. We, me and Jack have actually a standing Monday leg day. <laughs> this was our fifth week and I love it. And I'm, I'm so nice. dead nice. set. I'm like, I'm not going to miss it. Cause we do, Whatever. we program every other week. And I'm like, that would suck if she like programmed for me and I just didn't go. That would suck. And then my number two is preparing myself. So I recently started doing this with groceries. Like I'll get perishable groceries and I'm way less inclined to order my food and pick it up because in my mind I'm saying like, wow, that food's just rotting in my fridge. You're really going to just let it sit there and rot? No, I'm going to eat it. I have to make it and I'm going to eat it. So those are my two. Nice. That I think have helped the most with my journey. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of tools do you offer to, especially the people that you're training who are not so inclined to this life of discipline and habits as as the three of us. Yeah, use technology, lean more on technology, just like how you use the Hatch app and it literally changed your life. I tell every single client who's trying to lose weight, build muscle, burn fat, whatever it is, buy you a Fitbit or an Apple Watch or a Garmin watch so they can take the thinking out of it. The watch will tell you exactly how many calories you burn for the day, how your rest was, Um, how many steps you took. And so therefore, you don't have to think about it. And so I always ask myself, how can I make this easy where I don't even have to think about it? And so I depend on technology a lot. So using my watch, using my different apps, um, and whatever's just going to make my life easier, I'm all for it. You should get the hatch. (laughs) I will. I will. 100%. (laughs) I love that. Okay. I think we have one more fitness question and then we're going to get a little personal if that's okay with you. Well, let's do it. Let's get personal. (laughs) Okay. Before we get there, what are some of the biggest misconceptions around fitness that you hear from clients and what information do you provide to debunk those misconceptions? There's so much random shit that's just out there. It's just like, where do you all come up with this stuff? Um, But Turning fat into muscle is a very common one. And so there's, I like to just educate people on the fact that you cannot turn fat into muscle. Fat is its own separate component and muscle is also its own separate component. And it's really just about educating all of my clients properly on the foundations of how nutrition and fitness work. I I always like to base my lessons or whatever I'm teaching somebody on universal truths. And so if I can just tell the truth on how nutrition works to and you're not in your head or believing a blog post or believing something that this Instagram model is doing, then you won't be fooled about what they're posting on social media anymore or what the blogs post say, say or what the headlines read if you're in a grocery aisle because you know the truth. And so I just like to teach people the truth, whether it's for business, whether it's for fitness, whether it's for a relationship, whatever it is, just let people know the truth and teach people so that they can have the right foundation. I hope I answered that properly. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. I was listening. Do you, are you familiar with Andrew Huberman? No. No. You're not? Amy? I think you would love him. Andrew Huberman. He's, Mm -mm. I think he's, is he a professor? And yeah. a, I mean, he's a doctor and That's a different. medical researcher and he's a Stanford professor, but 
he talks about he is like this i mean extremely high level intellectual but he does such a great job of educating the masses on everything from neuroscience to eye health to circadian rhythms and sleep and everything else Mm. but one thing that he says is that it's important to him to explain the mechanism before he explains anything else so he explains how something Mm. works before he gets into the details of like how to change your routine or how to optimize anything, he just he'll explain like literally how your brain wires interact with one another because having that knowledge foundation allows people to then be able to absorb everything else and to look at it through a critical lens and be able to say exactly like you're saying, there's so much noise out there on Instagram and everywhere else. If they just have the baseline foundation, then they're able to look at those things a little bit more critically and be like, hmm. I don't know if that skinny time tea is actually going to make me lose 10 pounds in three days. You know, like it just takes knowledge really is power. Um, And so I think, and that's, you know, honestly a business risk for you. I feel like providing people with all of the knowledge and information, some people might see that as like, well, then they won't need me anymore, but you have enough faith in your programming (laughs) and your system to know that they're going to love the results that they get and stick around and that that knowledge is crucial to, to keep them dedicated and, and to keep them involved. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. No, with, 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 with my clients, my goal is to set them up for success so that they really don't need me. The only time that they need me is to bounce ideas off of me or to just make sure that they're doing the right things. And that's it because my clients are going to stay on the coaching program because they're ultimately working with me and not to sound whatever you want to call it, high and mighty or whatever, but it's just true. You know, your business is a person to person relationship and people are buying you essentially at the end of the day, not necessarily your workouts for nutrition, they're buying you. So, you know, I give my clients all the information, whatever I'll give anybody, whatever information that they want, because that's not going to affect my income at the end of the day, or it's going to affect my relationship with that person. So I'm a wide open book on all things. Well, that is a perfect it segue really to our next question. So if anyone oh, follows shit. you <laughs> on, <laughs> you said open book yeah. on social media, you really are an open book, even on your Instagram stories with like your day-to-day life. I feel like I can watch your stories and like, I know exactly what Ruben did today. <laughs> I know how many <laughs> steps he got. I know it all. But you also share a lot about your relationship and have gotten all of us to obsess over you and Nadia's relationship. So can we ask you a few questions about you two? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Okay. So how did you guys meet? (laughs) We met through a friend, one of our, um, so fun story. One of my friends that I did the spokes model search with back in 2016, we still were really good friends. And when my ex and I had broke up, he was like, bro, you know, I want you to meet this girl. And he actually set up a meet and greet for us to meet. And that's how we met. So it was through a friend. Wow. So sweet. So organic. We I love, love that. We love a nice, <laughs> easy meeting like that. It was cool. We do. It's so nice. Yeah. Very organic. Very organic. What does she do? And does her career kind of align with this sort of entrepreneurial freedom, discipline, creating that freedom? What does that kind of look like in your guys' lives? Yeah. So she's a photographer by trade. So she, she, she does photos, 
and she's also a videographer. Um, so her work is right in alignment with what I do, um, not only because we are more about the marketing aspect of everything and making things look good, but we also have the end goal of, hey, we're not trying to work really, 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 really hard. We really want time to be able to work and play, travel, hang out, have fun. But also when it's time to work, there's zero distractions and there's very, very strict boundaries. So she knows when I'm in the zone, she just knows, right? I might give off some aura or something like that, but I'm so focused in. And, and likewise, when she's in the zone and she's working, I'm like, all right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just in, the, in her zone doing her own little thing too. So we're in alignment with work and play. And so far it's been working pretty well for us. That's great. It's really kismet that you guys met that way and that your values align so perfectly. I I think that's really probably great for your guys' schedules and just overall happiness. <laughs> when it comes yeah, to overall happiness is right, yeah. 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 When it comes to sharing on social media and everything, like you're saying, people are buying you. You really are the brand and then the business is the business. But how do you decide like where to set boundaries with that? How did you decide to be public with this relationship and make it a core part of your brand and who you are and and part of the whole story and and where do you draw that line? Well, she helps the business grow. I mean, it's easy. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm using all things to my benefit. And we work really well with each other. And, you know, I noticed that when we post together, we always get more likes and comments and stuff like that. So she essentially helps the business grow further. And so, you know, there's a time and a place for relationships on your page. But essentially, from a big high-level overview what I'm essentially doing also is sharing the dream to people that you can actually have a really awesome, romantic, healthy, growing relationship and still be shredded, still have an awesome business, still travel the world and do all the things that you want to do. So it's actually in a, in a big scheme of things. It's one of my pillars to success is, is having a really awesome romantic relationship and showcasing that. Some of my other pillars to success on my Instagram page is showing my workouts, showing my client results, showing what I'm eating throughout the day, because people need to see my day-to-day -day action, my day-to-day -day actions, because they ultimately are going to want to be in a similar position as me one day. So I'm trend setting and I'm paving the way and they're seeing what I'm doing and they're like, okay. Well, this looks like a pretty cool life. You know, I will want to be able to do this one day. And even if it's not having a relationship, maybe it's getting shredded or maybe it's watching your nutrition, whatever it is, whatever, whatever pillar or category you fall under, my goal for my business strategy is to be the model for that pillar and just set the example because like we talked about earlier, people are buying you at the end of the day. Well, you're doing a great job because we're over here. I We've mean, bought it. When, yeah. <laughs> So when I'd you when you post with Nadia, I when you see the little I'm just gonna be honest with you, Ruben, the little like arrows of people sending it, at least one of those is me. Yeah. Right. Just sending up I don't even uh, know to who. I'm probably just to like me. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> oh, usually man. usually that's, that's what it says. Are I'm you like, kidding? this is a joke. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
Oh, so, man. But it really is, I appreciate it. It really is ideal, but you show the other side of it. Like, you show the grind. You show the early morning alarm clocks. You show the discipline. Right. You show the... Like, it. you do live the dream, but you work really hard for it. And I think you're right. I mean, I think it gives people an honest idea of what is possible, but also what it takes to get there. Yeah, because, you know, I didn't have my dad in the household when I was growing up. And so I had to figure out what my life, how I want to ultimately live my life. Right. And so there's all of these different distractions out there. There's guys living their life one way, another way, this, that, and the third. And I just had to get very honest and authentic with myself and ask, okay, well, how do I want to live my life? And then once again, I set some goals, reverse engineer that process. And uh, like, and once again, this wasn't an easy thing to do. This was all very constructed and it was all very intentional. Uh, everything is very intentional that I do. So it wasn't easy at first, but it definitely worked out in the long run and it's playing the way it should right now. So I'm really happy with the way everything's going right now so everything's good i'm so happy for you so you've created obviously (laughs) super successful businesses you've found an incredibly compatible partner and now the last question that we always wrap our show up with is what do you look for in a friend it can be anything what do i look for in a friend honesty and honesty and and criticism because I like to see we I like to see how you truly what you truly think about me. And I also like to give that same feedback to somebody else because when you really know how you look like through the eyes of somebody else, that that will help you grow and develop. And so honesty and criticism are two things I always look for in a friend. No matter how bad it is or how raw it is, just just tell me. Well, Ruben, we miss you, but we're so happy for you. It was. So- oh, thank you. I miss you all too. You got to come down and visit more, or up, I guess now. I will. For sure. Well, I will. I want to come do like a do one. Number one, I got to come do a, a class, a cycling class. Oh yeah. And just hang out for the day, and just hang out with Moxie. Moxie was the coolest training gym, like literally ever uh when it first opened it was so dope just to just the vibe in general i feel like that gym has literally made oc and it's the best gym in orange county because i wouldn't put my name behind something if it wasn't that dope and you know the whole staff there so nice there's nothing but warm compliments from everybody that that visits moxie for the first time and I can't do anything but just say the praises of Moxie. And I, I'm really unfortunate that I had the opportunity to work there and to meet you all and to be surrounded by other people who think the same way that I do and are on the same mission that I am on and are just a complete good vibe. So Moxie's great. I, I definitely am going to come up and visit. You just made my whole day, Ruben. Wow. <laughs> that was really something. It's the truth. Thank you so much. Well, we hope to make it to San Diego one day. That's yeah, it. That's sure. in my talk about right. long-term goals. That's on the list. Yes. Come <laughs> hang out. For sure. All right, Ruben. I'll give you a tour. You can come check out the place. I know. That, I, we need to. It is so <laughs> wild. Your like, rooftop situation really <laughs> blows my mind. Where can all of the people it's, find it's you? It's pretty dope. 
You can find me at Approved by Brooks on my Instagram. And you can also find me for business coaching at fitbossblueprint.com. Love it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Ruben. We hope you have a great rest of your Monday. So good talking. Thank you all. It was a pleasure. Bye. Bye.